Hey, onesies, Josh Williams here with another bonus episode of the One Man Podcast. And today, my guest is one of my favorite people in the business, a good friend of mine and a guy who's been uh, super helpful and kind to me over the years, uh, took me under his wing at a very early stage in my comedy career, uh, Joey Elias. Um, Joey has performed at the Just for Laughs Festival, biggest comedy festival in the world, numerous times. You know, he's got television specials. Uh, he's performed for the troops all over the place, even a place that's called Alert Nunavut, which is like one of the topmost points of Canada. Super cold, almost nobody there, but he's gone as far as that to perform for his troops. Uh, he's very charitable. Like, I got nothing but nice things to say about this guy, and I could go on and on, but I'll save you the trouble, right? You know, there's no point. But you know what? One of the things a little bit joy is he's not like a Ned Flanders, you know what I mean? Where I'm like, oh, he's just nice to everybody. He takes care of everybody. He's so Joey's great to you. If you're a good person, he's great to you. Um, if you're a good cause, he's great to you. But if you're full of shit, he's also going to call you on it, uh, <laughs> which is one of the things I love about the guy. He's like one of the most fair people I've ever met. You know what I mean? There's some people it's like, yeah, you know, they're blunt to whatever. It's like, no, Joey's not like that. Joey's the kind of guy, like you'll see somebody go, you know what? That's fucking bullshit. Right. And then we'll, we'll chat about it for a bit. Um, this interview is going to be unlike some of the other ones, uh, for starters, it's one of the only face-to-face -face interviews I've done during COVID. If not the only face-to-face -face interview that I've done, uh, throughout the pandemic, um, I drove to, uh, to Montreal to see joy. We've been trying to do this for a long time and just the schedules never link up. So we decided, well, there's not a whole lot going on. Why don't we, why don't we sit face to face? Joy's, uh, I guess self-isolating. I don't know if that's the right one, but he lives, he lives, he lives alone. So he's not, you know, doing anything. He's not going out to see anybody or anything like that. And we sat, we were good. I had masks on things like that, but it was just nice to sit down with my buddy. And the funny thing is that, uh, Joey and I, whenever we get together, you know, if he's in town or whatever, you know, we'll go for breakfast or something like that. We you know see him at the club, but we, we like to, you know, hang out and things like that. And we just shoot the shit about whatever. He's a very easy guy to talk to. And in this conversation, uh, it's much like the 200th episode where, you know, in attempting to record, there's a lot of catch up. Hey, how's it going, man? How, what's new with you? You know, this and that, how's the pandemic treating you? What's your routines? Like that kind of stuff. And the funny thing is I would have sat there for like three hours and, and got it to the point where it was a real interview. Like I said, with the 200th episode, I was catching up with everybody. I was taking 40 minute conversations, hour long conversations and, and distilling them down to 10, 15 minutes worth of the stories and stuff. Um, with this particular interview, that's funny enough. Cause I was there in the afternoon. I parked on the street, uh, you know, fed the meter, got, got myself about, you know, I think about an hour and 40 minutes was the max that I could get before it was like no parking territory. So by the time I got the gear set up and everything like that, I think I've been at an hour and then we did our catch up thing. So this particular interview is more of a conversation of like, Hey, this is what it's like to hang out with Joey and just sort of shoot the shit or whatever. Super easy to talk to you guys. Super easy going guy. Um, you'll hear a few times over the course of the interview where like, I'll try, <laughs> or I should say the interview, the conversation, like <laughs> try to turn it into an interview. And it's just, just not, not what the day had planned for us. So there's cool chatting and there's a little bit of stuff in there, but, uh, both Joy and I are like, you know what, let's do like a proper, Hey, how'd you get started in stand up comedy? What are some of the milestones you hit? Things like that conversations. We're going to sit down. We're going to do that one another time. Uh, but in the meantime, you guys get to hear what it's like to just sort of hang out with the guy. You know what I mean? We shoot the shit about things like, uh, you know, the melons that we like to buy, but like the fruit that we buy, but how we like to buy it. You'll hear that. Uh, you know, he talks about some of the stuff that he does for, for his anxiety, some of the projects that he's been working on as of late. He's also the star of, uh, of everyday Joe, which is like a, a walk and talk kind of, uh, segment that global Montreal has on. So you can check that out online. If you, if you search everyday Joe, Joey Elias, uh, global, you'll find those uh, on the web. They're very, very funny. Uh, and he's been doing those throughout the pandemic. He records one every week. So we chat uh, a little bit about that. 
But uh, it's really just a nice conversation with my buddy. And as I said, like, if you're enjoying what you listen to, just know that there is one that's more formal coming about sort of how he got started and the things he's done. Because he's a very, very accomplished comedian. He's done a lot of stuff. He's also uh, used to be one of the personalities. I say that and it sounds like he's like a morning show guy. He used to be on the radio. He he hosted uh, a few different shows uh, on the radio. He used to host one that... Uh, uh, the late great Ernie Butler uh, from the Comedy Nest used to to host late at night, and uh, you know they would play comedy clips and, and shoot the shit on the radio. And it's funny because very early in my career, Joey actually invited me down to Montreal to to be a co-host uh, on that, which was a lot of fun. Uh, but anyways, I can talk about this guy forever. We've got so many stories. Uh, you know, we've been friends for geez, as long as I've been in comedy 12, 12 13 years. So um, I hope you guys enjoy the conversation. A little bit long intro, but just wanted to let you know that like. This is more of just a conversation to sit down, hang out with the guy. I will have a more formal, more uh, informative interview with Joey in the future. Uh, but for now, I hope you guys uh, enjoy my conversation, my chat with the very funny Joey Elias. Yeah! Montreal every <laughs> Sunday. Do you do you can a bunch of them in advance? No, we film uh, one. I mean, we have, but usually it's uh, I write one a week, and then we film on Tuesdays. Uh, so I use my my regular routine now is film Tuesday. New idea comes out in the brain Thursday. Make notes and then write it out Friday. Submit it. Make sure that it's uh, television kosher. Yeah. Um, and then, um, yeah, <laughs> get ready to make an ass. Like last week's segment, um, I got hit in the pills three times. I wrote that. I mean, okay. I wrote that into the uh, into the script. I mean, you know, I mean, I, I really go for it. Was it every scene and then it, you get hit in the pills? Or was it three takes? No, it was uh, the first one was a turnstile didn't open when, so I basically just take it right there. Then I get hit um, by a tennis serve, and then <laughs> while I was playing tennis, and then for no good reason, um, I'm not holding a racket or anything, but a squash ball just <laughs> comes out of nowhere and, and gives it to me. Yeah. <laughs> oh. People like when I get hurt. This is what I discovered. I there was an episode or a segment, whatever you want to call it, where I jump into a snowbank mm-hmm. and I eat like a big faceful. Like I just commit to the Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I know that eventually I'm gonna end up in some sort of rehab center for painkillers because I just give it my all. I mean, there was one one scene early on where I jumped into a pile of leaves. <laughs> And I didn't check if there was anything under the pile of leaves. And there yeah. was a giant tree root that was sticking out. And no word of a lie, like four months, five months later, my shoulder is still hurt. <laughs> like, I don't know if I did permanent damage to it, but I just thought, yeah, whatever. You know, it looked great. Yeah. I was chatting with Trent recently and he was saying for, for stuff like they have, for like this hour, 22 minutes, they have like teams of people who have to go over what they're planning on doing to make sure that that they won't get hurt in the process. And, and what brought that up is, is Trent and I was talking about just how like as comics we'll do what it is for the laugh. Yeah. Like we'll get the laugh. So we're committed to getting that laugh, 
but he's just saying like on the on the the shows he's like there's teams of people to make sure like let's make sure they don't kill themselves because if we tell this guy to juggle chainsaws he's gonna do it for the yeah my cameraman uh you know he's really good you know in terms of uh making sure like when we got into uh the tennis uh court you know, he was like, you, you did put on the jock strap, right? I was like, yeah, I put on the jock strap. <laughs> you know, I like calling it a cod piece because then it makes me feel semi uh, superhero ish. Yeah. Clockwork orange. <laughs> you know, like a, a jock strap just sounds like, yeah, you know, I just really don't want to take anything in the pelf. Cod piece, crime fighter. <laughs> There's a big difference. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because one you wear on the outside. Unless you're a cameo from the 80s who did uh, that crazy Word Up song. Yeah. If you remember the video, he wore the jock strap on the outside. <laughs> I don't know why I remember And that's that. why they're not making music now. Some rules. Yeah, well, that's the reason. Some rules, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That and there's no more need for a synthesizer. That's fair. I got a buddy who's going to be really excited that we're doing this because we've, we've tried before to kind of like link up podcasts, yeah. but um, today, this is the first, this is the first podcast I've ever traveled for just the podcast. Well, it's pretty cool. And I appreciate it. Oh, that. dude, no, it's my kidding me. It's my pleasure. I just mean that like, I haven't done podcasts like face to face in a long time. It's all the zoom bullshit. And I, I avoided the shows like the plague and I avoided doing podcasts like this because I've done some, uh, the 200th episode just happened and it was all like face Facebook or not Facebook. Yeah. Facebook video. We used Facebook right. was actually our platform, not zoom. And it was like, some of the audio was just awful awful and bad connections and things like that and I'm just like ah, i'd rather if i'm gonna introduce someone or share someone with my listeners like let's at least have it be good quality so well, I hope yours was one i wasn't willing to well i hope it's entertaining that I, I, I i'm sure it'll be fine you know i i will go on right i mean this comes off as a surprise but i know that uh i say a lot of crazy stuff that people should not normally say i think i'm missing uh that genetic element that you know lets me filter stuff but i am a fairly shy individual are you yeah yeah socially i'm i'm a social tumor man <laughs> really yeah yeah i've always enjoyed your company here i've never like if, i've never found you to be shy but maybe maybe we're comfortable with each other well that's so we it just... once i get to know somebody and you know we've worked enough times now over the past you know 15 years or whatever um that yeah it, it's like when I go to Ottawa, there's no awkwardness because the Ottawa scene reminds me so much of the Montreal scene. Yeah. You know, in terms of, uh, especially, you know, when I was starting out, like there's a great group of Ottawa comics that, again, if, if politics was put aside. Yeah. Holy shit. The, the ability for everybody to just explode out of that city you know and that's what you know i mean listen pandemic time is different i mean nobody's right. gonna explode anywhere the only thing that's going to explode is our brain from boredom <laughs> yeah you know that's pretty much it my fucking scrotum full of anyway <laughs> you know like no but seriously like these are different times and it's just i don't know i hope we all come back like we did before i mean yeah i it's I hope so too. And I, there's a lot of people like, oh, I think it's going to come back with a vengeance. I just had uh, Easter dinner with my brother and his wife and my mom. It was just the four of us and their kid. I guess he counts as a person. But <laughs> while well, he's little, he's eh, not one of the main attendees. Well, that's, they don't have to wear masks or anything. Yeah, it was small. So if anyone's like, oh, you're hosting. I was there with, I was there with four people. 
Um, but my brother started talking about something and not to put like him on blast, but he's talking about, oh, the great reset that they're this and that. And I'm like, cause everyone, for the longest time, my position, everyone's like, why is the government shutting us down? Why do they want to keep us at home? I'm like, they're paying us to stay home. I don't see the logic in that. Like you'd think that they'd want us back. But at the same time, there's theories and I just haven't heard all of them. I'm always, I'll listen. Right. I'm, I'm not the guy who goes, I'm not the guy who goes, the, the, the pharmaceutical companies are your friends and they're, they've got your best interests. I, I don't, I don't believe that. I like a good conspiracy theory, yeah. but you better back it up. Yes. You can't just be like, you know, that aliens are in charge of all the aluminum. It's like, I mean, <laughs> listen, when we film the uh, everyday Joe, I don't even think we told people who I am yet. I'm going to tell them on the intro. Oh, okay. Yeah. You don't have to do any of that. You just um, But when we do the everyday Joe, obviously my camera guy is decked out in global gear. Right. You know, he's got it on the camera. Uh he wears a global ball cap nine times out of ten or a global jacket. And the vehicle we're in is is plastered with global news Montreal. So without fail, at least once or twice a month, we are approached by an individual. And always well-dressed, always very polite. They always hand me a business card. And this was the craziest one, is a gentleman, a lawyer, you know, obviously a little bit older, starts going off about, you know, it's uh, Bill Gates and the Obamas with the Clintons. And the, and David, my cameraman, goes, and don't forget the Freemasons. Yeah. And this this guy just oh yes the masons and you're like what the like if i we, we could have said sugar yeah. at that point and he would have been like yeah anybody consuming sugar is just going to end up with i don't know it, it, this whole thing you know when when you talk about the the reset i was very wrong off the top like when this first started i thought okay this is going to eliminate some of those Comedian, like the fringe comedians that have been doing the same shit for 15 plus years and couldn't get off open mic night. And even some of the shows that they booked themselves were failures. Right. Right? Yeah. I thought, okay, well, these individuals now, they're going to have to find a job. I was wrong because now they're sitting around going, look, I'm making the same amount of money as so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so, not thinking that, you know, whether it was at the beginning, the 2000 or, or now the 900, that's, you know, a spit in the ocean for the people that they just mentioned. Right. That two grand, that individual probably never made two grand in, in 15 years doing stand -up. Right. So I was very wrong. So in terms of the reset, the only thing I, I now hope happens with the reset is that consumer confidence comes you know and when everybody does get the vaccine uh and the world health organization you know declares that this pandemic is is now officially over we still have to take certain precautions and like look we may have to get this shit in our arm every year like the flu shot you know? Yeah, yeah. So we don't know, but I just hope that when the reset or whatever you want to call it, the reopen of society, I hope the consumer confidence is there for people to come out 
And, you know, everybody talks about support local. It is a big thing. You know, comedy clubs and music venues and the artists that perform there, not to mention the staff, you know, from the wait staff to the, the, the people in the kitchen to the door staff, office staff, these are all people just jonesing to get back to work. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I hope that there is a, a group of people that are as eager to go watch as we are to get back. Well, Jay said the last night before they shut us down, like that was Friday, uh, he said that it was like, it's it's one of the best shows he's seen in a long time. The, the thing was sold out. He's like, we probably turned away 50 people. Right. So when everyone knew, is there going to be their last opportunity for a while? He's like, everyone came out. And he goes, and they were one of the best crowds, best laughers. They were into everything. Everyone got applause breaks. So I thought we were back to normal when I was in Ottawa a few about a month ago. Yeah. You know. Nope. Back to uh, back to lockdown for Ottawa. You know, and for- then uh, I got heckled by a woke white woman, ah. and I thought, oh, perfect, everything's back to normal now. You yeah. know, I said a trigger word that set off fucking some white Karen. Yeah. Well, they haven't been able to go out and complain about things in a while too, so they're also enjoying. The only thing that made me feel better was um, (laughs) I got back to the condo that night and I flipped on to the Twitter. Yeah, I'm 110. I just said the Twitter, Um, (laughs) and I saw Jessica Kirsten. uh, Oh yeah. Tweet out. We must be back to normal. Got heckled by a white drunk woman, and I thought I'm in good company. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if she just got if somebody. First of all. Who the fuck heckles that kind of talent? Yeah. You know, like, also, you're paying good money to see Jessica. Yeah. Why? Like, if you're sitting at that, and this goes for anybody of a certain level, if you're paying, at any level, if you're paying a decent amount of money, and the individual on stage is funny, and somebody at your table is drunk, shut them the fuck up. Oh, they do everybody a favor. And if I'm the headliner, I will. If I see this, that you take a drunk person out, I will personally make sure management gives you another ticket to another show. Yeah. Because you actually save that show for everybody. I look at it like it's a fucking bus flying down the street. And instead of them going, like, we should get in the way of this bus and stop it from hurting the, just like, get the fuck out of its way. The people at the table, they're like, oh, God, so-and-so's with it. And they're just, they're just shrinking away from oh, it. Oh, yeah. It's like everyone at a dinner table when the husband and wife start fighting. No one's like, hey, hey, guys, you're ruining dinner for everyone. They're just like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. Yeah, that's oh, when the, even the shittiest meal tastes delicious. <laughs> eh? Oh, oh mom and dad are fighting again. Yeah. Fuck, I love broccoli. <laughs> hmm? I don't know what they did to this. It's del- Have you tried the broccoli? Yeah. So I think that's what it is when they're at the table. They're just like, oh, they're like, I'm not... Uh... <laughs> But also, if you think about it, when it was open, you know, a lot of people have been doing the drinking at home. Um, But it's not like consuming in public because you don't realize that at home, you pace yourself a little bit more. I don't know. I'll be very honest. I would say it's like like you don't have to see the person again in public. Right. But I will say, I don't know. To be very honest, I've had uh, like three drinks this whole time, you know? Uh, one in June, one in November, and then one at the club in uh, in Ottawa. Yeah. That was it. Um, on the flip side, I've probably smoked more marijuana <laughs> than I have before. Right. Because it's boredom. Where I smoked marijuana before this, 
really to control my anxiety. Mm-hmm. You know, and people are going to be like, oh, really? Yeah, I did research, you know, because when I did get diagnosed with anxiety and depression and all that shit, the first thing they do is, you know, they pump you up with meds. And I just wanted to know that if there was a non, you know, manufactured way to control it, I'm in. Yeah. So having done my research, um, I know now that anything in a strain with, and this may sound weird, but with a fruit in its title, so green apple, um, black cherry, there's one just called grapefruit. Mm. If I'm feeling uber anxious, that's what I do. I will smoke a little bit of that, and about 20 minutes later, I'm fine. Interesting. As I get, I get bad anxiety, but I get it. Like, I I never get panic attacks. I don't get panic attacks, but I'm just in that constant like, I would say extreme unease. Oh yeah, overthinking, like just getting stressed out needlessly. So I'm never like, oh, I can't like, but I just like, but oh, like just this this constant overwhelmed overthinking to the point of overwhelmed. It doesn't go beyond that, but it's just incredibly uncomfortable for me it's uh i don't know about you like bedtime like as soon as my head hits the pillow no matter how tired i am it my mind just goes to i just sleep with the tv on some the noise from the tv fucked up places yeah. man yeah i can't i can't sleep in the dark because well not the dark what are you but, nine but <laughs> i can't sleep with silence i have to sleep with uh, a nightlight <laughs> Um, I don't give a fuck about the darkness. My closet door has to be slightly ajar so there's no monsters. <laughs> I think if that was my mentality, I would probably close the bedroom, the closet door. No, it's it's not the dark. It's the like nothing. I, I can't go with silence. So I could put like my phone on and have like a podcast on. And, and it's that like, you know, eyes closed. But it's just I can't be the source of thought. I'll, I'll let my brain hear the tv and the story in the background and i'll yeah. pass on i, I listen need to a music distraction. i do yeah? I, I put in uh headphones and i you know i have a a playlist you know just for sometimes it's instrumental yep you know um i do spa music i'll tell you i've discovered uh some incredible soundtracks yeah you know scores but done by like mark knopfler from dire straits so if you like wonderful guitar I mean, the soundtrack to, um, or the score, I should say, mm-hmm. not the soundtrack, but uh, to Princess Bride oh, yeah. is done by Mark Knopfler, and it's some of the most amazing and serene guitar playing. I'm not a guitar player, mm-hmm. but I know good music when I hear it, because most comedians wanted to be a musician, right? right? And I love music. So I know, I think I have a good ear you know, for not not necessarily like voice, but for like when you get five good musicians together and you just put them together and you just go, okay, go at it. You know, eventually they're just in a minute and a half, they're going to be they're like, gonna find something. Yeah. yeah, man, there's magic because there's talent there. Yeah. You know? No, I agree with you. And the thing too is like, no one can be like, this music's good. If you like it and it works. I used to listen to, my mom had this album of like, it was called like the romantic guitar of Leona Boyd or whatever. Sure. And it was, it was phenomenal. It was a lot of just like Scarborough Fair and shit, but it was Wasn't done. she Canadian, Leona Boyd? She might've been. Hey Siri, is Leona Boyd Canadian? This is my new thing now to do a podcast and do no research. Let's see what she says. She's uh-huh. processing. Or she's still listening. 
<sighs> I don't know why Leona Boyd strikes me as, and she was known for a different type of guitar. Yeah, it was like it sort of sounded like uh, flamenco or something like that. Which, by the way, is the title to one of the most beautiful songs in the world by the Tragically Hip, Flamenco. Oh, is it? Yeah. It includes the lyrics. London, England. Oh. Leona Boyd's British? Seemingly. Uh, I feel like I'm ripped off now. She's 71 years old. Yeah, born 11th of July, 1949, London, England, UK. That's and then bullshit. it says genres, classical, new age. But there's an album called like the Romantic Guitar of Leona Boyd. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to see if I can find that. She was very popular when I was like, I know this is weird, but I just inherited a whack of vinyl that my mom left behind. Oh, yeah. So there's a lot of Dylan, a lot of Pete Seeger, a lot of Joan Baez. Yeah. One Tin Soldier. So let, let's just say that I... Uh, I may be f listening to those tunes and uh, having some faux anxiety <laughs> and having to take care of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know There's... what grows great with a 1963 Pete Seeger? <laughs> a 2021 grapefruit leaf. This is fucking. I don't see it here. There's one here called Spanish Fancy. I'm going through her albums. Oh, there it is. The romantic, but it's a different cover. The romantic guitar of Leona Boy. It's like, like, uh, what, what year was that? Uh, I'm terrified. No, I'm no, going to no. go with 1978. 85. Oh, so, way off. Yeah. I don't see, but the, this one had, uh, yeah, Scarborough Fairs on here, <laughs> but, uh, it was, it was called cool. There's Moon, Moonlight Sonatas on here, but yeah, it was just like, how do you play Moonlight Sonata on that? That's kind of what I'm thinking. Guitar. Pardon me. I might listen to this on the way home. Oh God. <laughs> just, you know, what's going to happen. Out. <laughs> yeah. You know, what's going to happen. Both of us after this are going to be like, all right, that was fun. All right. Cheers. And be like, all right, time to listen to Moonlight Sonata by Leona Boyd. And then fall in love with that version. Oh, dude. And I then be like, I'm going to go buy all her albums. <laughs> I got Apple music. No, and no more, no more buying albums, and or whatever you know what I mean. At this point, I'm pretty sure it would just be paying for her. She's 71. At this point, if we bought her albums, the money would go to paying her nurses in whatever home she's in. I hope not. I hope not too. 71 is young nowadays. I I guess how old are people living? Are there a lot of centenarians or whatever? Is that what they're called? Well, they're getting. My dad's 87, and he's. You know, he walks like three, four kilometers a day, takes care of himself, oh, drives good. everywhere, you know, uh, somehow gets uh, bushels of apples delivered to him and <laughs> then drops them <laughs> off at all his kid's house. And I'm not joking. Like just before uh, Passover, somebody dropped off a bunch of apples at my dad's house and he- <laughs> just apple delivery. Apples, yeah. And he, he, well, that's when he dropped off the albums. Uh, but he also was like, oh, I have some apples for you. I was like, what do you want me to do with this? Like, literally, I inherit a, a small orchard. Yeah. I, I I will eat an apple on occasion. I like them occasionally, but I shop at Costco. So, like, I'll buy a bag of apples, and I'm like, I'm running out of ways to make these apples disappear. Like, I eat an apple every day. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. Um, but the, the problem was is the apple. I'm very specific about my apples. Okay. And Deep uh, dive. Joey Elias' apple preferences. And what I like doing is I like cutting it up and then just sprinkling some uh, cinnamon on it. That's exactly what I do. Do you have one of those apple things where you just press it down, it, it pulls the core no, out? No, man. I, I still cut it. 
You don't have to, dude. It's just one tool. I know. It's like a flat tool. You just press it down. But to me, no it's cutting. like I'm doing some extra exercise. Ah, you know, really. But it, for golfers, also, what I do is uh, I do it the night before. You know, like I, I cut them up in small cubes, put it in a Ziploc, yeah, shake it up, and then morning of, put it in your golf bag, and then if it's warm enough, it literally does taste like apple pie without the right. uh, it gets all hot without the. Uh, uh, the, the, the pastry the, yeah whatever the fuck the pie crust yeah 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 it's it's great i love uh, seriously i can eat an i do eat an apple a day um yeah that's the only uh fruit vegetable i will go out on a lemon i think uh excuse me one of the one of the, <laughs> the fruits that i was this is our conversation thinking about fruit i was thinking about fruit lately uh pears pears i don't uh i like pears but i never think to get a pear no ever. No, I'm not a big pear guy. If it's there, like if someone's got it, like, oh pears, and I'll fucking I'll, I'll mess with it. But I never. um, honeydew and cantaloupe all in. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I don't like cutting them up. I would much rather buy one of those trays that's got the pineapple, cantaloupe, honeydew. Oh, I just buy the sliced uh, honeydew over at uh, the grocery store in the fresh fruit department. They slice yeah. them up fresh for you. Yeah. Because you also tell them like, uh, okay, I don't want a whole honeydew. You know, can you slice up like a quarter? I'll, I'll eat a whole honeydew if it's sliced for me. I'm you know, like, in, yeah, but I live, you know, for a guy who lives alone, like, I'm not going to sit there all night and eat a whole honeydew by myself and then spend the next day on the john just <laughs> being like, I know it was healthy, but boy, it's not productive the next day. Yeah. You know, pineapple's well, another one that if you cut it up for me, I'll eat it, but I'm not doing the work. Right. Well, I, I, most of the times I see pineapples already been, uh, cut like in the spears or yeah. rings or whatever or they de you know like they take the middle out and they cut it the best pineapple i ever had was i did a little tour in hawaii of the dole uh hawaii plantation yeah and uh oh my god were you there for shows you know what i was there with the ex on vacation under the uh the rule of uh no work and then, of course, she went into the shower one night, and I called the comedy club, and uh, <laughs> I was very. I basically said to her, "I said, yeah, we're just going to go uh, to the open mic after dinner." And she was like, you know, rolled her eyes and stuff. And then I did my set, and then I was uh, offered uh, to stay an extra week on their behalf to headline their club. So we got an extra week out of it with pay. Yeah, um, she was happy about that. Yeah, yeah, she was happy as long as there were shoes involved. And then, uh, yeah. <laughs> Why is Joey single? <laughs> that's a it's a good business relationship. Get the shoes you can you can work if I get shoes. Funny, as yeah. That. That, but you know, you look back at it. I mean, I joke on stage that uh, all my failed relationships have the same common denominator, and that's me, <laughs> right? But you know, in earnest, like I mean, at this point, I'm forty nine. I'm not saying I'm never going to meet anybody. I, I, you know, how do you meet somebody in the middle of a pandemic? But shockingly large amounts of I people know, are doing it. I know, but again, I wasn't good at it before the pandemic, so I never say never. But I'm very good at doing things alone, traveling alone, cooking for one. I've discovered, you know, uh, I do like cooking. So it's actually my nephew's birthday today, right? And I. Uh, you know, I'm going to go and cook up a whack of his favorite meal for Friday. So I'll go to the market on Thursday. But yeah, it keeps me busy, especially when you get to cook for more than one person. 
Yeah, I I like cook for that. The other day, I made pancakes for myself for the first time in a long time. It's not even hard to do. It's just that pancakes are a production, and I'd rather be feeding lots of people if you're going to the trouble of making the batter than just one person. I uh, I cook a lot of dinner. I make a lot of salads. I don't make breakfast because uh, I know it's the easiest meal to probably make, but it's also the most enjoyable meal to go have served. Oh, to fuck you. yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, we used to do it all the time when I'd come in, and uh, unfortunately that place is closed down now. I know, it sucks. Um, you know, here in town, David Acker and I would meet at least once every week or every two weeks at different breakfast joints. I went with you guys one time when I was here doing shows. Yeah, you know, and it's just a nice way of, you know, sitting down with some old friends and shooting the shit and having a nice meal served. You just feel better. You know, A, you got out of the house. You just had a nice meal. You were with good company. Yeah. You know, and um, if eggs don't slide through you right away, now the day, you know, is right there for you. Yeah. You know? It's it's breakfast is like breakfast and pizza. I don't know if I said this in the podcast recently, but I was talking to somebody about it. And it's just, I never get sick of breakfast. I could eat breakfast like like the traditional, you know, bacon, eggs, toast, yeah. home fries. I eat it every day. I make it at home even. And I can I could eat it every day. I make omelets at home. Uh, and yes, I'm with you on pizza. I can eat pizza every day. Yeah. I mean, I might mix it up a little bit what's on it, might, but never get sick of it. I eat a lot of chicken. Yeah. And lately, I've been, uh, I haven't had red meat in a long, long time. Yeah. And like I said, a lot of veggies. And I've even gone like veggie something like for like two weeks at a time where I'm just, you know, not using any chicken, any fish. I'm going and buying like those veggie, not the uh, Beyond Beef. Yeah, yeah, like the Eves, Eves stuff. And whatever, yeah, St. Eves or whatever it's called. There's another one that's um, made in Quebec, so I, you know, support local. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, Quebec, and I question that some days. But <laughs> you know, like every time I buy that patty, did I just fucking close another English business? <laughs> right. Because they just hired another shithead at the office de la Langue Française. You know, like. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, so I just shop local as much as I can. Like even when I'm in Ottawa, like I like going to the the local places, you know, not the big chains. And that's why, like, you know, even next to Absolute, like Stoneface. Yeah, gone too. You know, like I went to the news. Uh, it's, a, it's a pizza joint, but yeah. I actually went there for breakfast. Yeah, was it good? It was very good. Yeah. You know, but again, some of these like little places that i i would love going to um in ottawa you know even um i forget what the pub was called now but it was right at the corner of elgin and cooper the mayfair oh yeah 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 it's gone mayfair mayflower i think uh it's now you know a bigger irish pub and listen i've been into that new irish pub the food is delicious uh again this is pre-pandemic you know uh everybody was very nice and friendly but there was something about that old joint about that old haunt that they didn't fix up the booze and you know it it was like it felt like an old mom and pop shop and i feel like those are all going away yeah you know and and that's the real shame of all this is that the people that should be given all the the help that they need are 
you know, they're like, yeah, we're getting a little help. And then you find out like Bell got like $122 million. Like what the fuck? Yeah. What do you need money for? Do you see what you charge for your internet? You pieces of shit. (laughs) Yeah. Well, there goes my chances of being rehired by Bell. (laughs) The, uh, yeah. One of the things I've enjoyed watching is like Walmart falling apart during the pandemic. Because everyone's buying from Amazon, and now Amazon's getting more and more. So, I mean, I don't like Amazon either. Yeah, but, but it's very convenient, and that's yeah. the thing, right? Especially if you have Prime, and you can get it there the next day yeah. without any fucking fee. And yeah. I don't have to listen. I I've used Amazon. I usually uh, and I mostly used it during uh, the winter months, like after a big ass snowstorm or whatever. Yeah, I didn't want to go out, and I needed nothing really in particular but yeah. oh look they have sugar-free jujubes i'm gonna have some delivered tomorrow <laughs> you know oh well i've the amount of times that my my podcast has been interrupted by the doorbell because jay's got five things coming a day from amazon like it's convenient but i've i've loved watching walmart like pull back their return policies and their exchange policies and this and that and it's just like they're getting destroyed. and But the thing was, like, Walmart was that company that was destroying all these businesses. Right. And I love that some bigger thing than them has come out and is starting to... I mean, it's shod and fraud or whatever, but, I mean... Well, I mean, for Montreal, it's it was just between taxes, you know, you know municipal taxes and, and f- provincial taxes. You know, I'll give you the perfect example. There was a greasy spoon that was historic in Montreal called Moe's. Mm-hmm. It was actually called uh, le, le, what was it? Casse-Croûte de Coin. Okay. Which translates into like the corner eatery, corner right. diner. And it was right by the old forum. And you went downstairs. And the family, it had been in the family for years. And everybody who was anybody went in there you know, they had books signed by all these famous, like Sinatra and The Rocket and everybody. And it was the tax man that killed them. And there was a big rally towards the end when it went public, which was too late. But I, I said this back then, I'll say it again. If they were more popular with the French media and in a different part of town... They would have been saved. Yeah. There's a lot of that. What politics is, is even like putting it lightly. I mean, I, I, I have no problem talking about anything on this. I just know that you're still on, on TV. Like, well, is there I anything, yeah, I, well, one of the things too, like I, I, I mean, we've, we've been chatting for a bit, which is fine, but I, I want to bring people into, to more about you. Like we're. <laughs> <laughs> fruit and leona Boyd, and i love it that's yeah. the charm of this versus some tv interviewer it's like tell us about the show this weekend but well one, one of the things that like because i've known you i've well, you know watching you when i was younger i've uh, seen you on just for uh, laughs uh, and all right. the fun stuff i love I, I love hearing that uh, yeah dude well younger all right that's all i'm not like i grew up watching you i love hearing I that did, now which i did um, but dude, you were like, I, I remember the first time I got to meet you, I was super excited because I'd, I'd seen you for years and just for laughs. I thought you're fucking hysterical and you are funny. But one of the things that like I've learned about you is that like, well, okay, this is something that I honestly love about you is that you're hmm. super, super kind, generous, like the amount of 
charity stuff that you've done shows like you help out anybody says like hey would you you helped out people you even go above and beyond what they've asked for in terms of your help so one of the really cool things and i don't know how many people know this about you outside of montreal or whatever mm-hmm. is but you're super super kind generous dude but at the same time you 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 basically call shit out you know what i mean you're not like ned flanders or like yeah i'll just help everybody and everything's always great all the time like you're a guy who's like yeah this is a good cause i support local i support this i i do charity shows that and and i love it you've helped me out when we were doing the fundraiser for my mom's uh renovation for this yeah, TV that was show. fun man you came all the way in to do that for us like that i know was... you didn't win because uh i am <laughs> it's visible that i am not a handyman <laughs> you know what it i mean was, like yeah. i know that if i wear a hard hat and something plaid uh i look the part <laughs> but i am useless i'll have to bring that dvd over next time uh next time you're in town and we'll i think watch i the caught show. i think i caught the episode it was uh yeah, I feel bad. I uh, I didn't do much. Well, that's I fine. just I just walked around. And went, yeah, that looks great. But you headlined the fundraiser that helped us do. Oh, the, that's right. Yes, that that helped us get a ton of the money. So, and and you didn't take any money for it. You know, no. what I mean, I'm like, I've got this. And you're like, I think at the time you're just like, just don't tell Jason I'm not doing it. Right. <laughs> you know, I'm not Jason. So which is fair. I do that. And he doesn't a lot. listen to podcasts. I shouldn't so. say this on a podcast, but I do that a lot. I mean, uh, you know, one of my favorite stories was. Uh, my buddy Len Leonard Yell, yeah. Um, they, him and his partner were organizing this uh, comedy fest called uh, the Brouhaha, and it was out in Hudson. I think it was called the Hudson Brouhaha or whatever like that. And uh, Len go, you know, he he picked a day to go sell advertising for the program, and I guess one of the things he's picked up from me and i hope he's not the only one is that if you're ever near a a legion a canadian legion and you have the time Mm -hmm. to go in if it's open and uh say hello you know buy a beer buy a coffee buy whatever but listen listen to those stories because you want to learn and when these heroes tell you their stories look them in the eye because some of them go to a different place and you will understand ptsd Mm -hmm. and you will understand that even in what and i put this in air quotes peacekeeping missions yeah they were on some of them saw horrific things and they just need a friendly face they just want you know another ear you know so uh, that's what I always look for. So Len was, you know, going around um, Hudson, and he saw that the Legion was open, and he walked in. He said he was greeted by the woman. How can I help you? And he was like, Oh, you know, I, I'd like to. I'll buy a coffee. Can I have a yeah. coffee? And he, she served him the coffee, and she said, What brings you to town? And he explains, and uh, and he says, You know, I stopped in here not to sell advertising, but because. My friend Joey Elias said, if you ever see a Legion open, go in. And the woman's like, you know, a couple of years ago, Joey said not to tell anybody, but he helped us raise X amount of dollars. <laughs> yeah. And Len was like, yeah, we didn't know. And there's a lot, of, and I don't, you know, I, I do a lot of charity work that is public. Um, I learned, charity came naturally to me. Because I watched my grandparents be very hospitable and open. 
I watched my parents. Like it was rare that on a weekend there wasn't some exchange student or some random cousin staying in the guest room, either at you know my my parents' place or my grandparents' place, or even my my mom would get my her brother and her and his uh, wife, you know, putting up kids. And they were always involved in community work, you know, charity wise. And then when, you know, I started doing stand up, Ernie had this Ernie Butler who uh, passed away, but he was he he founded the Comedy Nest in Montreal. He had this program, and it still continues called Comedy for a Cause. Mm-hmm. And it was you buy tickets, you know, for your charity, and you pick a specific date for the show, and then you sell them at an X amount of price, and you keep the profits. So you realize that there's a way to make money doing what you love and helping out mm. others. There have been times, uh, very few, to be honest. Like, I think I can remember five times where I've like, no, keep the money. Yeah. You know, there was one recently, it was a cancer um, uh, center here in Montreal that does research and stuff. And, you know, they called me up and they were like, look, we don't have a lot of money. I was like, you know what? keep it you know and they were like oh that's crazy and you know i didn't ask for it they sent me a a a receipt and as a thank you the president sent me a beautiful uh piece of uh, art of a hockey player you know that i like and it was was, yeah it's yeah and it's nice to see and i've i've tried that too because because i not only are you nice to you know the the charities and kind and generous, you're also very generous to like up and coming comics and everything like that too. There's a lot of people like myself included. I was I think a year into well maybe a year and a half whatever very early in my comedy career and and I went to go see a, a show with my girlfriend on New Year's Eve at the club and we we're just chatting and you're like hey have you been to the nest yet and I was like no I haven't you know I've done I've done the open mic at the the comedy works or. You know, the old yeah, yeah. Paul Ash ran in a in a basement or whatever. I'm like, I've done little spots at those. And you're like, which well, are, Which Paul Ash room was that? In the ba- was that I, Andrews? I, I couldn't tell you. It was like, I came here with Daryl Purvis and we did the last show. So like I had only done, it was in a tiny little, like, like it was on the corner underneath a tall, like a little long, narrow sort of bar room where you come in the bars on the side. And that's it. It's almost like those bars Jason likes to go to in Ottawa near the, near the club, which is a little hole in the wall long i don't remember it sounds like uh, andrews this would have been like 12 years ago yeah i and, and that would have been like the, the last show and the years. truth be told is so many of the bars are gone or have changed names or yeah you know different like you know one used to be a pizza joint now it's a burger joint you know what i mean like so yeah. I, I can't keep track and it's i mean really it was just like any city's open mic scene so like i'm like right. the only thing i've done in montreal is like whatever open mic or amateur night and you were like well i'm gonna be you know you're like oh, let me and at the time because i've been in sales for years before stand-up so you were just like oh you know like now let me let me see what i can do maybe you know get it and at the time i was like that's nice i wasn't holding my breath because i'm just like who knows right um but like no word of like like two days later you you emailed me and you're like hey i'm going to be on at this date and if you want to come out and you know you know do my opening for it was myself and uh oh i can't i think of her name i think she's in los angeles now oh it's embarrassing good she's and she was a good friend too uh but she's just been gone for a while she did like umbrella bed or whatever short redhead sarah quinn no 
no, so a while back. Ah, whatever. I'll think of it later. Yeah. But when it doesn't matter on the podcast. Anyways, but you brought us out and you introduced me to Silver and Ryan right. because they had taken over after Ernie passed. And this was before yeah. Dave and Phil had it. Um, I always just treated the young comics, um, the ones that I, again, it's funny to, you know, some of the guys that I, I'm friends with now on the Montreal scene when they, you know, explained to me that, uh, you know, when they started and I would walk in, they were very intimidated. Mm-hmm. And even later on, I never meant to intimidate anybody. Just sometimes when I get to the club, I'm in that zone. And I seem very aloof and sometimes I'm not very talkative. You know, especially if I've been working on a new bit and I decide tonight's the night. Yeah. You know, I got to do this fucking bit, commit to it. And it's now I'm I'm just working it in my head. There are times where, yes, I can come off as, uh, but I like you said, if there's, you know, the thing is, is I will call out bullshit. Yeah, you're fair. You're a nice guy, you but know, you're fair. But I don't take, I won't, I don't, this is the way I was taught, is just be kind to everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, if they have talent, you believe in them, help them, you know, with whatever, as best you can. And mm-hmm. it's up to them eventually to use that knowledge or not. Um, you know, and if if for some reason, you know, the, there's a young comic that doesn't like me, that's the one thing that if the one best piece of advice, and it doesn't happen overnight, but I figured out and I sleep, I still don't sleep well, but I, I sleep better. Uh, that means I only wake up three times a night. Um <laughs> But once you figure out, not everybody is going to like you. Life gets easier. Yeah. And if you can come to peace with that, because it's, it's for me, it's always been a tough pill to swallow because I was like, I want everyone to like me. Like, yeah. It's so fuck. It's impossible for starters. So right. I mean, I learned it. Uh, imagine I'd been in, I don't even remember how long I've been in stand up, but then I got into radio. And that's when I realized, you know, yeah, not everybody's going to like you. Yeah. And then that just, went into life that went into stand up it went into you know the tv stuff i do now um yeah you know not everybody's going to like you and for whatever reason it is i try to give everybody a fair chance you cross me i'll even give you a second chance mm-hmm. there's only one honestly I, I say this there's only one human being that i and it's probably not healthy but I hold a grudge because I feel that this individual crossed like a huge line. Like he crossed an abyss with me. And this is the one from years ago? Yeah, and he yeah. kind of kept at it. Um, he, he said some stupid, and I don't know if he was drunk. Again, I'm not using it as an excuse for him, but... Uh, when somebody in the comedy community here in Montreal passed away, he was very vocal about who gives a crap and this and that. Wow. So the only thing I would say is I hold a grudge against this guy because he is your typical keyboard warrior. You know, uh, the last time I saw him face to face, I was waiting on the platform of the Metro here in Montreal. I was wearing a t-shirt I guess he liked didn't see that it was me (laughs) and i hear hey man nice t-shirt and i look up and it's the dude 
and we made eye contact and he just i've never seen a fatter white man run like this <laughs> now that's why i don't have respect for this guy right had, right because had he looked at me and said nice t-shirt oh you listen by the way man i meant what i said and i've invited him through various you know because he has me blocked on every social media site again cowardly right but through different channels i have invited him and i said you can bring as many people as you want as witness we can videotape audio whatever i said but i just want to sit across from you and have a conversation yeah and i want you to explain to me what in the fuck you were thinking when you took a shit on somebody who passed. Yeah. I don't give a fuck what he has, you know. Like, listen, he did some pretty shitty things to me, did some pretty shitty things to others. Um, And like I said, I hold a grudge because somehow karma hasn't smacked him in the face yet. Yeah. And, I mean, I'm learning patience during this pandemic, but I'm one of the most impatient people i've ever met that's why people like golfing with me because i'm not one of these guys that you know six minutes over a ball to shoot 110 yeah we're not good enough to line it up and sit there for fuck 20 minutes man let's you know walk up to the ball (laughs) aim pick the club fire away light up a new dart let's move I'm so impatient. I don't even golf. I just drive from hole to hole drinking. <laughs> I'm like, why are we slowing down for this ball tapping shit? Well, I do realize that when I, uh, let's again, just drink and drive here where it's legal. <laughs> well, I will say, apparently I, I suffer a lot of anxiety on a golf course as well. Um, I do like smoking weed on a golf course again, because it does slow me down enough where I don't get anxious that we have to play quick. That's why I used to play quick. When I first started playing golf, you know, we would just go to these public whatever. And then as it started becoming a work thing where you get invited to these tournaments and you're the host or the entertainment or whatever, um, there was always somebody behind you, you know, and within vision. Yeah. Now, you knew if, if you thought normally everybody's, you know, paced out, you know, and everybody's going through the same issues. But I would be like, oh my God, somebody's on our tail. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Oh, yeah. So now. I have friends who are like that in a lineup at the grocery store. Like, yeah. even though you're paying and you're getting your shit out, like, just the idea that, like, you're stopping someone, like, right. And you're just in line. It's going to, everyone gets a drink. But, like, vi- can't shop because that level of anxiety yeah. and stress. I mean, that's how Canadian I am. Right? <laughs> so once I realized that and again without taking you know some sort of gmo medication on a golf course where it's going to knock me out you know again through my research i know that if i smoke the green apple or the apple pie or the blueberry or something in that fruit category i'm going to be able to function right because you know, the THC level's not high enough that it's going to fucking put me to bed. And then all of a sudden you're like, hey, Joey, it's your shot. And you realize I'm in the golf cart <laughs> snoring away, you know, or you're chasing after the girl, you know, the girl driving the cart 
not in a pervert way. It's because they have Cool Ranch. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know? You have that and Gatorade Zero? What? <laughs> trade you carts. Trade you carts. <laughs> you know? But it does. And funny enough, like, I played a game last summer uh, with uh, two friends of mine. And the front nine, I was a disaster. You know, I was all over the place and this and and you know we stopped in between um and again with all the covid protocol you know just to buy a sandwich was like a 10 minute ordeal right but he's like listen man because he knew me he goes did you smoke a joint today i said no he goes go smoke your little calm down joint what sandwich do you want i'll get you the sandwich i smoked a joint and i shit you not i shot nine strokes better on the back nine and it's not easier it was just that literally, all of a sudden, I calmed down, I played my game, I was, and they said, you were even more jovial on the course with us, because yeah. I was at ease. Yeah, it's like that fucking jackhammer noise, and the screaming, and the this and the that, and the vacuum cleaner, it's just it's just a lot, for, at least for me with my, my anxiousness, when there's a lot of stimulus, most of the time, all that stimulus is the sound in my own head of the overthinking and all the other stuff. But if you can just, I wake up, smooth some of it out. And I'm surprised these neighbors haven't made noise yet, but I have the privilege of having very thin walls between myself and the loudest three people in the world that make a lot of smoothies. Oh, do they? And when you wake (laughs) up to that, it like, it's even worse than setting an alarm because in your head, you know, okay, the alarm's going to go off, whatever. But when you get woken up by yelling and screaming and, and a blender or whatever, that extra peripheral noise is what sets me off. Yeah. So that already puts me in a bad mood. The only good thing about it is, is that it, it whether it happens at 8.30 in the morning or 7.15 in the morning, if it goes on for more than 15 minutes, it motivates me. I'm out of bed, mm-hmm. right? I set my coffee machine, I jump in the shower. And before I know it, I'm out taking my walk. So they actually, in a way, motivate me to get out, get a little exercise in. And then once the blood starts flowing, I come yeah. back. And that's when I make notes for either, what am I going to write today? You know, do I have to write my script for everyday Joe? Do I just want to go through some old jokes and rehash them or throw like that's what I'm doing too now is I'm trying to just go through some the old material and get rid of it. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just, you know, some of it that works, you know, I'll keep, but I think that about 90, 95% of it I want to, you know, I'll use it when, when the clubs open up cross Canada and we can travel again and tour and whatever. Um, yeah, I'll phase everything out. Like I'll just use that to get back to a level where I feel comfortable in terms of my timing and pacing and stuff like that. Yeah. So, and I still use it, you know, some of the old go-to material when you're doing the zoom shows. Yeah. And you've done a few of those, right? Yeah. And I have a few more coming up. Oh, really? You're looking forward to them? (laughs) You know, again, I guess uh, as time goes by, you just adapt, right? When I first did my, I did the first one in November, like for the start of office party season. It was bizarre because nobody had really done it yet. 
nobody knew the rule. So now you get on and you just tell them, listen, uh, unmute yourself. That way I can hear the laughter. But be aware that if your child or the phone or you know somebody in the other room doesn't realize you're watching, that's when you mute yourself. Yeah. Otherwise, I'll call you out. Yeah, and it's fair. And, and if the noise is loud enough, uh, some of these platforms will actually take the audio away from you and play the audio. Like everyone's hearing the audio from that new person. Oh, okay. I mean, I, like I know that some things that like, they don't just allow everyone's audio at once and, and whatever it's like, whatever's the most prominent sound right. will take press. I mean, most times now during the zoom shows, I, uh, they give me control so I can mute everybody. Okay. Right. I've never had to do that. Um, some of the some of the interactions are hilarious i mean uh you know there was one uh a dog jumped in so i love dogs you start talking to the person about the dog and um but this this was the most bizarre experience was uh somebody i was doing something for uh the uh the jewish general hospital and uh in the middle, I was like, I just hear, can I ask you a question? <laughs> While you're talking, you're like, yeah. I was like, uh, okay. And they just wanted to know if uh, I knew their sibling because their sibling kept saying to them, oh, yeah, I went to school with them. <laughs> and I was like, yes, can I carry on now? Yeah. It's like, can the question stay? I was like, uh, you know, I can be emailed through my website. <laughs> That's all I said, you know? <laughs> But she was very, you know what, so there is a little bit of interaction, which does make me um, miss the club so much more and the interaction. Like even when I was in Ottawa, I did a lot more material than I usually do. And that's because I haven't had uh, the opportunity on a regular basis to use that muscle, which is everybody just thinks, ah, Joey goes up, he's not prepared. I got to psych myself up and I got to get into a mindset, the Gord Downey mindset, I call it, mm -hmm. where get in, you know, you want your head as clear as possible before a show. Like you want nothing preset. And to me, that's a leap of faith. You know that you do, yeah. you know, you do crowd work as well. So for me, I just want, like I said, I wanted to do uh, material. Some old, some new. You gave me some great advice. That joke's uh, me. Working. Yeah, with the uh, the cats. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. I changed it, it up. Yeah, it, it, it's funny because the final line I always change up, and depending on the crowd, I always I I always go too far. <laughs> but that's how we that's how we know where the line is. <laughs> well, I just know that I did one for uh, again this whole local charity thing. And what was it? It was, uh, come here, uh, wish I had better parenting. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you just know that people, oh, you know, like, but, um, but yeah, and, and, you know, through all this, there have been different stories that I think, yeah, people are sick of hearing about COVID. But if you tell a story about something that happened to you during this mm -hmm. and, somebody else can relate to that like yeah what was it like being at home alone there's at least 40 percent of the population that knows exactly what we are talking about 
And the other part of the population is going, I don't know what I, you're talking about, but fuck, I wish I was alone. Yeah. right yeah. so i try to show that there was a good side to being isolated alone there were bad signs obviously you know one of them being the anxiety no matter how much weed you smoked it was there were some tough days man yeah you know like th- that first lockdown you know when it was you know three weeks and then three weeks and then who knows and you know it seemed so long ago but it also seemed like Oh my God, they don't even have a vaccine yet. You know, we don't know how this. When we were literally in our houses for 24 hours a day, you know, those of us who are listening. (laughs) Well, I mean, I would, during the first lockdown, we, I mean, we still have a curfew in Montreal, which is 9 30. Oh, yeah. Um, But I would usually go out at about 11 o'clock at night. And I'd put the headphones in for music and I would walk. And I found it very peaceful because, again, nobody was out, you know. Um, But it would put me in a mood where I just got some exercise in, I'd come back, clean myself up a little bit, and I'd sleep better. Yeah, I don't mean the people who were exercising. I had no issue with that. And people, dogs, dogs got to go out. I'm talking, I, I just happen to be around a lot of people who are like, I'm going to my buddy's house to go drink. Right. We're no. going to go hang out here. We're going to go to this, this, like just people who are just going to, out to shop for the sake of shopping because they no, were bored. I, I, I was like, and, and these were the exact same people that were bitching about when is this going to end? I go, right. maybe when you stay home. Yeah. You know I mean, I, mean? I like, literally, uh, at the first, round i was uh lucky enough to have a friend that was uh, an essential service worker and they would ask me oh listen i gotta go do groceries for my mom mm-hmm. and myself what do you need and i would send them the money and they would literally just drop it off in the bag on the front door you know i'd get the text yeah it's at your front door i'd be like okay i didn't go out for any of that yeah i did that for my for my mom you know? Just to keep her inside. Right. That made sense. Yeah. And I think like once a week I would meet her at like a soccer field and we would stay 10 feet apart and we'd walk the dogs. Right. I mean, my, my, my sister did the grocery shopping for my folks. Yeah. Yeah. So it was just like, I wasn't seeing anybody. Meanwhile, my roommates were like twice a week going to see girlfriends I didn't live with. And you know what I mean? Meeting yeah. Friends for drinks and, I and hanging out uh, playing darts. And it's like, all right, well, none of that is safe. The only time we broke protocol was uh my mom passed away in november and we sat shiva for those of you who are unaware of this is when somebody in the jewish faith of blood uh passed away you have to sit seven days of mourning now usually it's a free-for-all like people come and pay respects and stuff like that but it was just myself my two siblings my dad mm. and we did it at my brother's place it's big enough and so his wife was there, their baby, their other older son, and then my sister's uh, fiance would show up at night. But even when we were in the house, we wore masks, talking to one another. You know, uh, dinner, we were all spread out. So that was the only time. And then when we left the house, we would all go back to our own houses. And that went on for uh, six days. You know, on the seventh day, we just decided, like, look, 
do your own thing. We're supposed to walk around the block or something together. Yeah. You know? And now, you know, uh, lucky enough that my, my dad's been vaccinated. Um, my, my brother and his wife have been vaccinated because um, there was a spike in certain schools. And if your kid uh, was in one of those schools and you lived in a certain area code, you got a vaccine. So they've been vaccinated. So even now, like Friday night, my dad went over to dinner to my brother's. But again, he, you know, he came in, wore the mask. He sat at the other end of this long table. Dinner was finished. Like he doesn't touch his grandchild. Well, you know? and now is like a year after the fact too, where I think a lot of us are kind of like, I've avoided it this long. I'm using the, the fact that it's like, only one person though, still. And that is the rule in Quebec that if you live alone, right, you yeah. can go into another household. Yeah. Cause you've effectively been by yourself anyways. If you're out, like, that's the thing you go into a grocery store and like, yeah, you might, you might. I mean, if you're touching everything, I, when I go, I take my mom now, like before it was like, you stay home, I'll get your groceries. Now it's like, I'm going with you. Yeah. Because my mom will go in somewhere and pick everything up and put it down and touch it and listen to, and then go and rub her face and fix her. I'm like, can you stop touching everything, mom? Yeah. I go, if you want to see something, I'll pick it up. I'll hold it for you. Because I have the good sense not to touch myself afterwards and I'll sanitize on the way out. You know what I mean? Well, I walk around with I'm watching sanitizer. her touch something, touch her phone afterwards, which I know will be on her face at home. You know But listen, I mean? at least she's trying. I mean, I don't understand how a year and change into this how you still have protests with anti-maskers and what's even worse is when you realize you're somebody you know and like is like anti-mask anti-vax i think that i have no problem listen if you have an allergy to vaccine i get it man but if you don't understand that not getting this is not going to help the solve the situation it's almost like if you don't vote you can't bitch right you know if you don't yeah. get vaccinated i don't want to hear you and if you can't get vaccinated you should be pro everyone else getting vaccinated because hey, then man. then they can't give it to you right right that kills the this it's the herd meant uh, herd immunity is yeah. what they call they, it yeah, it's depending on who you go by some people say it's 80 percent of the population others say it's 85 you know so if we can get to 90 92 percent that is you know, herd immunization. Well, and Derek Langvin is like, I, th I think I saw this on his, I don't, I don't know if it's his quote or whatever, but I saw it on his Facebook. He had posted it. And it was just about these people like not wanting to wear masks or whatever. Like the funny thing is those people who are like, it's my body. The government can't tell me what to do. I'm like, well, they can tell you. Okay. So what he posted was, was I, I get not wearing a helmet and I get not wearing a seatbelt. I don't get drinking and driving. And I was like, fair point, right? Yeah. Helmet and seatbelt. You're only fucking yourself up drive drunk you could hurt somebody else right and that was his point about the masks so the funny thing is like these same people who are like oh government can't tell me like to wear a mask it's like so are you also one of those people who's like they can't tell me not to drink and drive i can do whatever i want like how i remember i'm old enough to remember when you know uh seatbelts became mandatory yeah you know and it was instant about nobody complained people forgot to do it because it wasn't, you know, now you watch everybody get into a car and the first thing they do is seat belts, seat belts, seat belts. you know, they look for it or they're over that shoulder, you know, front yeah. seat, back seat. And if you're in the back seat middle, you're like, oh, there it is. Okay. 
you know? Well, I, I watched this, this, uh, there's a, there's so unpronounceable, the stupid name, but it's on YouTube and it's called Kurt Kazak in a nutshell is what it's called. They're brilliant. I came across them at the beginning of the pandemic because they had a video about how the coronavirus works, like what it does to your system and everything, right. and how it's attacking you know, humanity or whatever. And, uh, one of the things in it, they, they had a video later about, uh, vaccines and how vaccines work. And it's like, should you get vaccines or shouldn't you get vaccines? And, you know, are like, he basically, uh, he, I, the narrator, whomever that may be, but they work with foundations. As you watch these videos, they cite everything that they say at the bottom of the screen and where cool. their sources, like they're 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 And they don't take sides. Generally speaking, they kind of like explore something and go, here's the way to look at it. But like, so they're saying like with vaccines, there's almost no evidence. All these, these anti-vax things that came out to say like, you know, causes autism, whatever. They're like, if you look into it and you look at all of it, there's nothing that shows anything yeah. related. And even the ones that claim they've got it under intense scrutiny, there's been nothing there. And they said, so like, yes, there are people who will get a vaccine and have a bad reaction. Sure. But they said they literally have seatbelts. They literally use seatbelts as an example saying like, are there the rare cases where the seatbelt caused the death? Someone couldn't get it over where it was. Yes. But overall they're still That's way right. safer to have than yeah. to not use it all because of the exception or sure whatever. so i found that interesting they yeah great uh free plug for them but great uh great youtube channel and it's not just medical stuff that they do they do like what would happen if you nuke a city what are the biggest stars so in the it's universe? happy like, it's, it's happy watching and it's and it's uh animated like it's actually like a really cool oh, animated thing. So you're not watching human beings. So, just yeah. Cool animation. Yeah. They do ones on like, is organic food really better? Let's scare the shit out of kids with cartoons. Yeah. <laughs> they're, but they're fair. They're not, they're not scary. The only thing, the only one that was like, oh shit was, was what happens when you nuke a city. Yeah, and no it wasn't shit. like, it wasn't like why or who's the, it's just, let's just say you drop a nuke on this city. What happens? They describe like the process over the seconds, minutes, hours, days, and then years with like the, the cancer from the radiation. Yeah. Yeah. And they basically just said, like, you know, they're, they're, they take very rarely will they take a, a stance on something. But at the end of this one is like saying that, like, whether you're, you know, on the end that blasts or receives or whatever, I think we all need to agree that these weapons are wrong. Yeah, sure. And it's like, get rid of them, right? It's just, it's just we completely tried, right? immoral to just drop a bomb on a city and what it does. They got some cool, some cool videos on that thing with, uh, yeah, I, I dig them. No hard stances, just. A lot of here's some info. What do you think? Blah blah blah. I like their uh, I like their shit. Um, I'm into the new Mighty Ducks. Oh yeah, I saw something posted, but I just assumed that was like a straight to video thing. Is it a series? Yeah, they just because uh, I got into Cobra Kai hard. Did you? A lot of people did. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, because uh, it was so. Listen, it's it's so shit. It's great. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was just good. Well, the acting isn't great. You know, uh, some of the story is a little exaggerated, but um, listen, it's great to see Ralph Macchio. It's great to see uh, the guy, you know, Johnny Lawrence, who's probably my favorite character of all time now. And the way they weave the nostalgia of the first three movies, especially the first two right, with him, is fantastic. The writing is very clever. Um, you know, again, the fighting scenes are much better. Obviously, the choreography. Oh, they fight. It's fucking crazy, dude. But Mighty Ducks is fun. Okay. And there's only two episodes, and it's fluff. Like, it, I mean, that's what I'm looking for now. Yeah. You know, like I'm done with all this serious. Like, I look. I I I'll admit, I've never seen an episode of Breaking Bad. <gasps> okay. Uh, Game of Thrones. Nope. 
Game of Thrones, I, I, I've seen five seasons. Uh, what's fun. another thing that everybody got into? Tiger King? Nope. Couldn't give a shit. Um, That's just watching a train wreck. Tiger King's just watching a train, like train wrecks wanna, of human beings. Listen, if I want to watch a train wreck, I'm just looking at my career right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because we don't know if it's ever leaving the station again. You know what I mean? <laughs> Um, uh, but break, Breaking Bad, I can't recommend enough. And but it, but here's the thing, it took me three attempts. Like I remember when it first came out, my buddy Patrick was like, "You got to watch the show Breaking Bad." Blah, blah blah. We watched the first episode. I didn't give a fuck. I didn't right. care. Uh, years later, someone else was like, "Watch, watch again." Watch the first episode. Didn't care. And then another few years later, like right when the series had just ended or whatever, it was like, "You got to check out Breaking." And I'm like, I watched the first episode again. Still didn't care. But I'm like, you know what? I'm going to plow through to the next episode. And I watched three episodes before I was like, all right, I could watch this. And by the end of the first season, I'm like, I'm in. Best My mother just, we've finished. tried several times, tried several times to get her to watch it. At the end of the first, I just go, mom, at the end of the first season, you'll, you'll be into it. Because the reason being is I know she would like Better Call Saul. Okay. And you can't watch Better Call Saul if you haven't seen Breaking right. Bad. Because it's the um, same series. But she was like, in a couple days, burned through like six seasons. Yeah, Because no. she was like, it's that. I haven't watched anything with uh, seasons except for uh, Cobra Kai. Yeah. And other than that, some of the best stuff I've watched during this uh, pandemic was, um, you know, the uh, documentary on uh, the Comedy Store. Yeah, I watched that too. That was great. Uh, the Trial of the Chicago 7 was fantastic. Yeah. I thought that was just the most. And honestly, I really enjoyed The King of Staten Island. Yeah, it wasn't bad. I enjoyed that immensely. Uh, other than that, you know, a lot of hockey. I watched uh, a lot of documentaries. You know, like I have, I splurged this year. I got the NHL Network, so I just spend all my days, you know, from 7 o'clock till 1 o'clock in the morning flipping through games, <laughs> you fun. know, and doing crossword puzzles. And, you know, like t today's a Monday, so I know like tomorrow I'm filming. So Right. Um, you know, I'll try to do the responsible thing and be in bed by, I don't know, midnight, whether I fall asleep at a decent hour or not is different, but you know, I won't stay up watching hockey or, you know, uh, I won't watch another friggin' movie that I've watched a thousand times. Right. Thinking that, oh, maybe it ends differently after 2am, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. So I try to be more responsible just so I can wake up and give myself enough time to, know that i'm physically gonna get hurt <laughs> yeah take one of the pills i uh yeah i'm just i'm at late night I'm, I'm like do i put on something i haven't seen and get into it and can't fall asleep or do i put on something i've already seen that i know i like i try now now my strategy is put on something i've already seen that i didn't like <laughs> that's that's what it is so that i i won't get into it i'll just fall asleep yeah i don't watch anything late at night now tv yeah. everything screens off i don't play my stupid little golf game on my tablet Maybe I'll try the fruit, the fruit buds, and uh, see if that'll do it. Because because without without something, I I can't like I go to sleep when I'm when I'm wiped. When there have I'm been wiped. days where I've gone to work to film at least twice during this pandemic where I had not slept. Like my sleep patterns were so messed up that you know it was like three, and I'm like okay, fall asleep now, and we all play that game. Okay, if I fall asleep now, yeah. I can get where I sleep. Sleep math, and then. By 5 a.m., knowing that, you know, my alarm's going to go off at 8, and I'm like, you know what, fuck it. And I make myself a cup of coffee, and again, shower, go for my walk early in the morning, so I wake my body up, and then, yeah, the unfortunate part is 
most times that happens, I'm asleep and dead to the world by 9 p.m. Yeah. It's, uh, we're all, we're all figuring it out. Like, I mean, funny enough, it's, it's, uh, when I was doing the, uh, the 200th episode, I was saying like, I had to edit a bunch of hour long interviews, like, well, hour long conversation. I only wanted five to 10 minutes, like, like a road story or an anecdote, but there was so much, uh, there's the, uh, the old parking alarm here. That's good. Um, the shit out of me, man. <laughs> that's my alarm for every morning. Eh, eh, the president's been shot. No, <laughs> but that's uh, an Amber alert. Like I'd be like, I wouldn't even pay attention. Those are infinitely more annoying and scarier. Yeah. When an entire, you're, you're in a grocery store and the whole place starts. Blah, 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 I'm like, Oh, it's an air raid. Like, well, yeah. Cause after remember in Hawaii where they were like nuclear attack, we're all dead. Yeah. Cause the guy lost the, his password to say that it was a hoax. Or it was false. Oh, lovely. Yeah, he couldn't get in to tell the, the entire state, the guy in charge, because he forgot his fucking password. How about click <laughs> forgot password pretty quick? <laughs> What's your dog's name? You know? Yeah. Shih Tzu. Yeah, yeah great. Yeah. <laughs> Fix that. Yeah. I don't know. All these all these conversations that I did, like I couldn't... Uh, it, it, there was a lot of like, how you been during the pandemic? You know what I mean? Like, whereas before I'd be like, hey, so uh, how did you get started instead? Like, we're gonna we're gonna do the formal one next time you're in town. Yeah, but this will just be a fun like COVID convo, my buddy Joey, because like everybody's kind of like, what have you been up to? Like, what's it's a uh, it's a weird it, time. Yeah, man, it is. It's fucking weird. And just like, what do you how you you know keeping up with things? You know what I mean? Well, like, that kind of stuff. If you want to wrap it up on that, this honestly, this is how I keep up with myself is you know everybody was like you got to find a routine find a routine keep that routine so monday is like my day off tuesday i call it my parole day because my camera guy david shows up at 10 a.m picks me up obviously he's my officer make sure i don't get in any trouble we go out we have some fun over the next three four hours we make some tv magic he lets me pick up a coffee and then he drops me back to isolation (laughs) you know back to solitary wednesday is uh laundry thursday is groceries right friday is i'm i try to make myself even though i cook for myself every night i try to make myself like a nicer dinner it's friday night okay you know and then saturday is you know i know i'm going to watch all my hockey and that's my cheat day (laughs) so if i want to order some wings i'll order wings If I want to order like I thought a you meant like an anti-productivity day. Like every no. day's got a thing. You're like Saturday's cheat because I'm watching hockey. No, it's it's a cheat day in terms of what I eat. So right, it's right, right. Uh, I'll order, like I said, you know, in the last time I ordered, last Saturday, uh, I ordered a veggie burger. I mean, this is what's happened. And then Sunday, usually um, now I have a, a, a Zoom uh, coffee every Sunday with uh, the same friends. And some uh, Sunday nights also uh, with some old camp buddies as well. That's pretty so, cool. So, yeah. You know, it, I try to keep busy. And it's it's really at the point now when uh, I have to pace myself also. Because if you do too much too fast, it gives you too much free time. Free time makes you anxious. Yeah, idle plans are the devil's plaything. Right? Whatever, it's, yeah. Well, it makes you anxious. Like, why yeah. am I not doing something? I yeah. should be doing something. And that's when you get into trouble. It's almost like Amish times. I was, I've always said that, like, you know, when people say, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you get one chore done. Thursday's groceries. I'll take the wagon into town. I'll get the gro- yeah, but I figure all- if this was Amish times, we'd all be having a lot more baked goods. Oh, fresh butter. 
you know, like I didn't get into that craze of the bacon of the bread. No, no, I saw, I saw it everywhere, but I'm just like, why is everyone doing the same thing? Can't you just find your own fucking thing and do it? Yeah. Everybody you know at mean? one point was making homemade desserts. I was like, look, I bought jello. You that know? would be funny. The, the, <laughs> the lesser take on the things everyone's doing. I just figured I like it better when you just one thing a day. Like that's why when people say, oh, technology's made our lives easier. I go, no, it's made tasks easier. Because you're you're back in the old day, if you had to mail a letter, it's like I'm gonna sit in the wagon and go into town and mail this letter and come right, home. Right, right, that was right. it. You sent you sent the letter, that was your task of the day, mission accomplished. Right. So email, sure, that task is easier, but you can't just fucking mail one email and go, rest of the day's mine. I was productive today. I got it done. It hasn't made our lives easier, it's made tasks easier. And it now we depends how important that email was. Sure. But I have sent one email and been like, I'm done for the day. Oh, I most certainly have too. You know, and then of course, it's the difference is is back in the day it would take 3 weeks to get a response. Right. Where now it's no, yes, thoughts. Sure. You know, and it, now it just becomes a conversation. And and that's the thing. Like like I said, the task itself is easier, but our expectation of how much we're supposed to produce and be productive is infinitely different. Like I'm not sending that one email and going, "Where's my fucking dinner at 5 p.m.?" I I worked all day. I got my task done, right? Whereas, oh, like, I'm like that. Je- Jedediah, Jed- yeah, exactly. Jedediah sits on the cart, brings the letter to the to town, comes back, and the wife's like, "Oh, welcome home. You weren't eaten by wolves on the way. Yeah. Here's your warm meal, you wonderful provider. Here's your stew. Yeah, made from everything that we yeah. provide for now ourselves. It's like I sent an email. It's like, yeah, great job. Yeah, and also I'd be like, why are all your kids pale? <laughs> We can make fun of the Amish because they, they, no, they can't. They can't listen. They can't write. But those on behalf, those who are triggered on behalf of the Amish. If you are triggered by the Amish, <laughs> let me just say this: with, and I know Josh said I'm a nice guy, but if you are triggered by the word Amish, go fuck yourself. Yeah. And if you're Amish and you're triggered, if you broke your own rules to listen to this, and well, maybe they're part of it. that breaking Amish thing. Is that a thing? Yeah, they get like a, a 24 hours, 48 hours. It was a thing on A&E. It was pretty interesting. Really? Yeah, Breaking Amish. Oh, man. I'll have to, yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to figure out. I'm doing my own thing, Breaking Judaism. Yeah? Yeah. I think I did that a long time ago. I have a theory. You know, it's funny. I was chatting with somebody recently. They were Muslim and they were, they were at my house. Well, recently, fuck, over a month before the pandemic started. Uh, they were over and they were drinking. There was a colleague in the marketing thing. And they were drinking, like, tying one on and they're like oh i'm muslim and i'm like well no you're not you're drinking I'm yeah you're not muslim. a practicing muslim, yeah. yeah i go you're agnostic that's what like i'm like you you subscribe to something more and you believe in some of the rules but it's like you can't you can't i followed some of the rules out of respect for my parents yeah um but if i didn't have to go to synagogue during that shiva week no fucking way man yeah I found very little comfort, okay? I found more comfort just sitting in a room, like I said, with my dad and my two youngest, uh, my two younger siblings, the only other siblings I have, and my nephew when he would come home from school. I found more comfort in that, just us sitting around, not having a, a slew of people walk through and whatever. We were just sitting around, we'd shoot the shit, share some memories, and then, you know, talk about basketball a little bit or hockey or whatever. And then my, you know, 15 month, 
nephew would come down and entertain us by farting and <laughs> you know um and that was it i found more solace and comfort in that than anything yeah. you know in terms of listen if you believe in in spirituality and religion more power to you absolutely that's always been my position i'm i'm envious to people have it i just think it's funny when like i said someone who's uh, of any faith and they're like well i don't do that i don't do this i don't do that part of it i'm like well then you're not that thing if you have a job description and they're like here's what you gotta do, you're like i'm gonna do half of these then you don't have that job you're yeah, not, you're not well, working for that company well, I mean, theoretically, theoretically i mean most people who have a government job have a lot of titles that they don't really do exactly yeah but i just think it's funny so you go hey look you're like, still that thing like, you still like, have beliefs you're just like agnostic. premier a lot of premiers have a lot of job descriptions that they don't really that's follow. true yeah, and they do things that yeah. Our our premier, he's a lot of pie eating contests. I think that. Guy Listen, man, out. I would. Um, there are days where I would trade you. Yeah. You know, just for one day. It it is an interesting, you know, because so many Quebecers are unhappy with our premier and the way the rollout of vaccines or what certain things were done. So many people in Ontario are so unhappy with uh, Ford that i would just love to see for two weeks would they be happy if we switched it let's just switch it let's see if the grass really is greener on the other side and the answer is no and as much as i've been critical of some of these people on air and on in my act this fucking thing is 10 steps ahead of us even with the vaccine like all of a sudden these variants comes out you know, you're like, aha, we got you in a corner. And it went, nobody puts baby in a corner. Yeah. You know, and now, you know, we got to be just as crazy because this thing mutates. How can it doesn't mutate into something entertaining like X-Men? <laughs> yeah. You know, well, like, yeah. like if I had COVID and then I was like, oh, I have a, I have a variant. Yeah, mu- oh, yeah. I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be Wolverine, motherfucker. Yeah. It's like the only <laughs> visible mutants are redheads. Don't even get me started. <laughs> We'll save it for the we'll save it for the next one. Yeah, thanks for hosting, man. It was this a, it is was a pleasure. Uh, thank you. Yeah, we'll definitely do it again. You'll be the first guy who's ever back. We'll uh, we'll do it when I'm in Ottawa. We'll we'll do it uh, like a home and home series. 100. percent Yeah. Thanks, pal.